Hi there. Thank you for choosing to listen to this sermon. We pray that God would use this as an added resource to benefit you in conjunction with you belonging to a local church near you. This sermon was preached at Central Baptist Church Pretoria. 130 years of believers loving God, caring for one another and impacting the world. Good evening everyone. I uh, trust that you are blessed this evening. Um, as you are aware, we continue in our series in 1 Corinthians, um, and we are still in chapter 12 tonight, um, and we'll pick up from verses 12. So uh, maybe to get a head start, won't you turn in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and just park it by verse 12. The title of my sermon tonight is, There's No I in Church. There's no I in Church. You've probably heard the phrase before, there's no I in team. It means that um, uh, you can't work alone, or rather, uh, it's better if we work together to achieve a goal. It means you should not work alone. The phrase is usually pointed to those individuals who think that the team revolves around them. Those individuals who believe that actually there's no team if I did not exist. They believe that the, t- the team exists for their needs and for their goals. In fact, Michael Jordan said there's no I in team, but there's I in win. So you, there might be those people here who believe that, yes, there might not be I in church, but there's, I guess, you in church. So Paul, in our passage tonight, he'll be talking about people who believe that, that the church is a platform for them. The church is, it exists to lift them up. Everyone at church is subject to my greatness. The church is actually the pathway to my stardom. Not only them, but Paul is also will be talking to those in the church who maybe feel like they don't belong. He'll be speaking to those in the church who feel like maybe the church is not a place for me. He'll be speaking about those who, who feel like they are not worthy to be a part of the church and this passage is for them too. So it's for those who might feel like Michael Jordan that, hey, hey the team needs me. And for those who might feel like they don't belong in the team. So if you are in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, let's start our reading together from verse 12. It reads, Just as the body is one and has many members, all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the ear would say, because, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. Verse 17. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. Verse 19. 
if all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And on the unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, and which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, that the members may, be, may have the same care for one another. Verse 26. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ, individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of, he of healing, helping, administration, various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the higher gifts, and I will show you a still more excellent way. Let's pray. My God, I do pray this evening that it would be you who speaks to us. Lord, I pray that as we come to your word, that, Lord, we would come to it with much reverence. We would come to it with as that deer who, who pins for water, that we would be hungry for the truths of the scriptures. My God, I pray that I wouldn't be a hindrance to the truth being revealed to your people. Instead, I pray that I would be a conduit. I pray that you'd use me as a vessel of truth. Speak through me tonight, God, I pray. I pray, Lord, that as we go through this, this part of the message, that you would encourage us and challenge us about where we belong in this church. Lord, I pray that we would think specifically about where you have placed us and, Lord, how we have functioned in this church. Lord, we do pray for a healthy Central Baptist Church. And Lord, for a healthy Central Baptist Church, Lord, we pray for a healthy understanding of the gifts that you have given to us. And Lord, we also pray for the right usage of those gifts. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. So the first thing I'd like us to consider is, in Christ we belong together. In Christ we belong together. Verse 12 says, Just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. I want us to take note of the different words that the Apostle Paul or the rest of Scripture has used in, in, in defining the church or illustrating the church. We have the illustration of the body. We have the illustration of the temple of God. We have the illustration of the flock of Christ or the household of God. All these things teach us that indeed there is no I in church. One brick does not make a temple. 
One sheep does not make a flock. One child or a child does not make a household. So one Christian does not make a church. The church consists of believers, plural, from every tribe, every nation, every tongue, believers on earth and in, and in uh, heaven who have believed in the Lord Jesus Christ and are saved. Those make up the body of Christ. Paul has made this argument before using the metaphor of the body. I have it on the screen there. Romans chapter 12 verse 4. The apostle Paul says this, For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. You see, in 1 Corinthians and in Romans, the Apostle Paul seems to be making the same argument, but the emphasis is different. In Romans, he is, he is exhorting us to be content, to be satisfied with the gift or the calling that God has given us. He was exhorting the believers in Romans, hey, don't look over your shoulder in envy of someone else's gift. In Corinthians, however, the emphasis is the people. The emphasis is the believers who gather. The emphasis is unity. See verse 12. It says, For just as the, the body is one and has many members, all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. So it is with the body of Christ, with him as our head. So here in Corinth, Paul is challenging us as believers to cling to each other in the mutual distribution of our gifts. These gifts, as you'll see later, have been given by God for the aid or the benefit of the body of Christ. You have a spiritual gift if you are a believer. Your spiritual gift is to help someone in the body to spiritual maturity. So the question is, how often have you come to church thinking, how can I be a blessing to someone today? How often have you come to church thinking, how can I be of assistance to someone in their journey to sanctification? The reality is that it is easier for us to come to church expecting. It is easier for us to come to church critical of the people at church. It is easier to come to church and find a reason why we don't like that church or why we don't like the people of that church. But friends, that's not why God has called us to church. In fact, in the passage we use so often in Hebrews chapter 10, where, where he talks about the gathering of the church, that same passage says, and let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works. The emphasis in Hebrews chapter 10 is, do not forsake the gathering. But once you have gathered, consider how to stir one another up to love and good works. What's the point? Loving each other does not come naturally to us. It won't just happen. We need to incite it. In fact, we need to provoke each other to love and good works. That, that's the word for stir up. Is that word to incite? Is that word to provoke? 
That's what the word stir up means. It means we need to come to church ready to exhort each other to love and good works. Meaning we have to encourage each other to use our gifts, encourage each other to serve whilst we ourselves are serving. So don't come to church looking for those who don't serve. Whilst you are serving, encourage those who are not serving to serve. But the reality is we won't be perfect. But we have each other. We have each other that God has given us to each other and those he will add to our number so that we together can press toward the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So like the hand finds its function in the body or the ear finds its function in the body, you will find your function in the body. I said it last week and I'll say it again today. God did not call you to isolation. God didn't call you to enjoy your gift separately, but he called you and he gifted you for the body. And so my first sub-point, I don't have it on the screen, so you'll have to write it down. Sub-point one, baptized into one spirit. Baptized into one spirit. You see, before you came to Christ, before you believed in Jesus, you were once not a people. You belonged to the kingdom of darkness where the dominating principle in that kingdom is the love of self. In Christ, you have been transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. The old man has been crucified and the new has come. The Spirit of God has taken residence in our hearts and he is the seal of our redemption. Not only that, but he has also made us a people. We are no longer strangers and aliens, but are fellow citizens with the saints, members of the household of God. In Christ, we are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. One commentator said, the body-like unity of Christians is not a goal to achieve. It is a fact to be recognized. See verse 13. For in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. We have been immersed. That's, that's that word for baptized. We have been immersed into the body of Christ. Like when we baptize people in this baptism pool by full immersion. We believers have been fully immersed into the body of Christ from the point of salvation. So the divisions on the basis of skin color. The divisions on the basis of ethnicity and culture. The divisions on the basis of socioeconomic class are all superficial and artificial because we are all in fact one in Christ through faith. We were all made to drink of one spirit. My second sub-point is we have been united but not uniform. We are united but are not uniform. You see, the church in Corinth were calling for a sort of uniformity. They were calling for every member to pursue the gift of tongues and the likes. They equated spiritual maturity to certain gifts in the body. Have you heard of that in churches lately? 
It is often claimed that having a gift such as tongues provides people with a new and greater level of maturity. But is this true? Certainly not. See how Paul quenches this notion from verse 14. He says, For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, Because I'm not a hand, I do not belong, then what then that, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. I hope you caught that. But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each of them as he chose. This really encouraged me. God has intentionally, in this season, placed you as a member of Central Baptist Church. He knew that the giftings that he would give you would best serve us as a church right now. He knew that the gift sets present amongst us as members would benefit you on your own walk with Christ. God is intentional in your sanctification. If you have felt like an outcast, if you have felt like a misfit, or if you have even felt inferior in the local church, then I want to encourage you, Paul is talking to you. He says to you, if the foot or the ear should say, because I'm not like so-and-so, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong, he says this, that would not make it any less a part of the body. Friends, the less flashy or the weaker parts of the body are still key to the body of Christ. God seeks unity in his church, but he is not calling for uniformity in terms of gifts. So be encouraged. God does not want us to be like Pastor Charles or Pastor Mark. God does not want four more Tolamos. God doesn't want four more Daniels. In fact, God doesn't even want four more Eugenes. Look at verse 19 and 20. It says, if the whole, if all were a single member, where would the body be? If everyone was Pastor Mark, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. So friends, don't compare yourself to others. We have them already. What we need is we need you. We need you and the gifts that God has given to you. Every Christian who has the Spirit of God has the spiritual gifts for ministry. We must use our gifts to edify one another. For the church cannot function well without our gifts, just as our bodies cannot function in their fullness unless every organ is working. So remember... Not everyone has the same gift, but every gift is necessary. I'll say that again. Not everyone has the same gift, but every gift is necessary. So if we all, if we all were alike, then we would have a deformed body. We would look like a giant ear with no legs. That is not appealing even to me. My third sub-point, there is no room for big heads. There is no room for big heads. See verse 21. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need 
of you, nor again the head to the feet. I have no need of you. We should not have members in the local church who feel inferior in the body. But likewise, we should not have members in the local church who feel superior in the body of Christ. No one in the church is ever able to say in the body that I am in no need of you. Once we begin elevating the importance of our own gifts over those of others, we destroy the unity and the health of the body. So whether you are an organ or those private parts we keep covered, all are of great importance. That's the point that Paul is making. So whether you're shy or reserved like I am, or whether you are loud and confident, or whether you have a disability or you're fully abled, or whether you have the gift of teaching or the gift of administration, whether you prefer to serve in the background or you're comfortable up, up front, listen to this. God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. We are not building the team God is. And so, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, verse 25, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same K for one another. So the point Paul is saying here is, we shouldn't allow for the quiet or the more reserved folk in the church to disappear into a corner uncared for. We should not let the elderly or the widowed to disappear from our midst. God has called us to care for those who are easier to miss in the local church. God has called us to care for those whom we may deem hard to love or we have called unlovable. We are to care for all the members of the household of the faith with the same care. Listen to what Paul says in Galatians. He says, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, especially to those who are of the household of God. So finally, what does that look like in action? That's my second point and last point. In Christ, we function together. My first point was in Christ, we belong together. My second point is in Christ, we belong together. See verse 26 and 27. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. Because the church is so diverse and it's, it has a spread of people, it is true that we will find those who are grieving the passing of a loved one in the same space as those who are celebrating the birth of a baby. We will also find those who have lost their jobs and have been searching for years, occupying the same role with those who just got a promotion. 
And so we need to be a people ready to mourn with those who mourn. Why? Because if one part of the body is hurt, then the whole body hurts. I can tell you for free with all my back problems that when my back hurts, my whole body grieves. It feels like my whole body is shutting down. It feels as though I've aged 20 years. And so those who grieve among us, friends, it is no coincidence that God has brought them to Central Baptist Church. God has, in his providence, provided those who are grieving in our midst with us. So we are to grieve with them. We are to mourn with them. We are to point them to Jesus, who is the hope of the nations. Friends, we are God's plan to see them through this season with their faith preserved. See 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3 to 4. Blessed be the God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our afflictions. Praise God and amen. Why? So that we may be able to comfort those who are in affliction with the comfort which we ourselves are comforted by God. So not only that. Not only are we to mourn with those who mourn and comfort those who need to be comforted, but we are likewise to rejoice with those who rejoice, give praise to God for his wondrous works of his hands, sing praise to God that he indeed is good and, friends, he is merciful to his people. But we need to do this even if in that season we are praying for a job. Friends, we are yet to still celebrate with those whom God has blessed with work. Even if we are praying for healing ourselves, we are to praise God and celebrate with those who have been healed, even though we are waiting for our own healing. Why? For our faith does not rest in the job, our faith does not rest in healing, but our faith rests in God, and we are to believe that He is working things out for our good. We are to believe that he will also answer our prayers. We are to believe that he gives us what we need in the perfect time. We are to believe that he is faithful even when we are faithless. We are to believe that he is a good shepherd to his sheep. He is the father of all who believe. We are to believe that he knows our needs even before we ask so we can rest assured that we are not abandoned. But do we believe this? Oh Lord, won't you help our unbelief? Church, again, it is no coincidence that 1 Corinthians 13 finds itself in between chapter 12 and 14. Love must be the center of everything we do as a church. The use of spiritual gifts apart from love is to fail in their use. Matthew Henry comments like this. He says, True charity or true love is greatly to be preferred to the most glorious gifts. To have the heart glow with mutual love is vastly better than to glare with the most pompous titles, offices, or powers. So yes, God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping administration, various kinds of tongues. But are all apostles? Are all prophets? 
Are, are all, do all work miracles? Do all possess gift of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the higher gifts and I will show you a more excellent way. I hope you got the point there. The church has many members with different functions. Notice Paul says, I will show you a still more excellent way than the higher gifts you desire. Paul is about to expound on the fact that, hey, gifts may differ from person to person, but love must be universal. Love must be the universal method to which we unite and function as a local church. So ask yourselves the question tonight. Are you actively contributing to the health of Central Baptist Church? Do you exercise your spiritual gifts here? Do you exercise those gifts in love? Do you come to church ready to serve or are you here waiting to be served? Here's the logic. If we come ready to serve one another, if we come ready to provoke one another to good works, then, then in one way or another, we ourselves will be served. How? As I am looking to serve you, someone else has come ready to serve and they are looking to serve me and so on. That's how the church is to function. Be so consumed in serving one another, looking to present each other mature in Christ. So maybe this week, it will be through asking someone here tonight for a prayer request and actually praying for them. Maybe it will be joining a formal ministry in the local church. Maybe it will be inviting someone over for a meal in your home. Maybe it will be sending words of encouragement via text or even saying them over the phone. Maybe it will be sharing the gospel with those in your immediate sphere of influence. Maybe it will be helping with church admin. There's a lot of admin. Maybe it will be volunteering at a retirement center, Haven Village, Auckland Haven. Maybe it will be volunteering at an orphan home, Bethesda. The point is, friends, we were saved to serve, so get about the Lord's business. I want to close with a long quote, but it's, it's more of an encouragement on what the beautiful bride of Christ is, which is the church. So just listen to this description of the church of Christ. And after I've read this, I'll close for us in prayer. What is the church? The church is the people of God, chosen by the Father and graciously brought into a relationship with the triune God and one another. The church is is the redeemed communion of saints, bought by the blood of Christ, universal and invisible, incorporating all believers throughout all ages, those on earth and those in heaven. The church is the adopted family of God, once slaves to sin, but now brought into 
a loving relationship with God as Father and each other as brothers and sisters in Christ. The church is the body of Christ, having Him as head, dependent on Him, gifted by the Holy Spirit, crafted as a unity with diversity and reliant on one another, functioning as Christ's instruments to the world. The church is the bride of Christ, particularly loved by him, saved by his sacrificial work on the cross, exclusively devoted to him, and increasingly adorned in beauty for him, the bridegroom. The church is the temple of the Spirit, filled with the fullness of Christ, marked by God's presence. The church is a new humanity composed of Jewish and Gentile Christians united in Christ, demonstrating the way life was always supposed to be. The church is the branches that abide in the true vine that is Christ in union with him and dependent on him. The church is the gathered covenant community regularly coming together for worship, communion, discipleship, fellowship, ministry, and mission. The church is the kingdom community existing in the already and the not yet, living out God's eternal purpose of cosmic unity, all for God's glory. Praise God for the church. Let's pray. So, Lord, just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. Lord, I pray that Central Baptist Church may be known as a church that is united, a church that celebrates its diversity in gifts but unity in body. May the peace of Christ rule in our hearts as the message of Christ dwells in it. May we see the fruit of spiritual health as we go on serving each other, loving each other, caring for one another. Lord, those who feel as though they don't belong, Lord, we pray tonight that you would assure them that they are indispensable. And for those among us who are more pompous in our midst, Lord, humble them that there is indeed no I in church. For this I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon. Find out more about Central Baptist Church at www.central.org.za.